0: saxophonist Nubia Garcia has long been a standout in the burgeoning London jazz scene and now with her debut album Source she has fully arrived we're digging into this instant classic and checking out a reissue of trumpet player Billy Brooks' iconic 1974 album Windows of the Mind on this all new episode of Discologist are you ready to have your mind blown? good, then let's go okay.
1: it happens here and it finishes here one man. Nearly a
0: two-word review. It just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to
1: the last song. That right there is a lot logical fallacy.
0: I don't, know, I don't know if that's worth it, but yeah. they, they stole our yeah. book. so maybe it is worth it. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're not here. This is not the Hard Seltzer Podcast. Could be sponsored by Press, but
2: not sponsored by Press. If you're listening, Press. Um,
0: Wes, this is this is your time to shine. <laughs> Since we have started uh, having you on the show, uh, you have been all about this London jazz scene. And I don't think there's any way you talk about this London Jan scene without without talking about Nabaya Garcia. She has been embedded in this from uh, from the beginning of this resurgence. I think uh, debut EP in twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen. She put out When We Are, um, and uh, she's won awards uh, and she's played with one of your favorites of I think it was last year or the year before uh, Theon Cross. And you know when we talk about jazz superstars in the modern age, I think this is what we're looking at. With her, this is her debut album. It's called Source. Uh, and and y- y- we have some people like Micaiah McCraven over here. We have like Kamasi Washington, uh, that whole crew, but really like uh, Shabaka Hutchins, you know. But And there's not a lot of women, though, that are rising at that level, but Nabaya is. Yeah. Um, and she is uh, a talent to be reckoned with, wouldn't you say
2: yeah. And, you know, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing to say that she's a superstar and this is her debut album. I mean, that's just a kind of it, it's something that's different about the way this type of music works. You know, I mean, you she became to the level that she's at by playing with everyone. And that's one of the kind of fascinating things like, you know, we could spend the entire podcast just listing the stuff that she's played on or the people that she's played with, you know, and um it, well, it's it's it, incredible.
0: It, it reveals a lot of like what's going on in the world right now with the pandemic and how um, live stuff is so so very important, especially to a genre like jazz. Uh, you know, people can put out records whenever they want. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I released a single like two weeks ago. You can you can you can put out a record if you want, um, but you can't build necessary a legacy uh, unless you're directly interacting with other people.
2: Yeah, it's being and, part of the scene. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah, and so jazz is really the place that's happening. There's no like, if you're talking about an indie rock scene, it's more just like there's a city with bands that exist. They're not, I mean, they're all friends, but it's not, they're not all playing together, and they're not all like intertwining. Partially because uh, that the music they're playing is often a lot more disparate uh, in in their styles. So like, mm-hmm. you're not going to have like a synth guy play with a hardcore band necessarily. Uh, speaking about like dc here uh in milwaukee it is a little more mixed i think uh the the hip-hop and stuff is more uh more integrated with the indie rock but not uh in a way you would think not in a judgment night kind of way <laughs> more, more like you know these are the fa- fabulous musicians like sister strings here and they will play on like a lot of shit but they're putting out uh, they they fueled a lot of the hip-hop stuff here. Uh, but now they're coming out with an album with uh, Peter Mulvey. <laughs> I don't know if you know him, but he's it's a... a, he's a name, yeah. yeah, he's like a folk singer, and yeah. he, he bikes around the country and plays <laughs> gigs. Uh, <laughs> we've uh, He's been down to Virginia a few times, and I think he's from Minnesota or whatever. But that's what we're talking about here. But I think what we're also talking about here is mm-hmm. the music that these people makes has to be good.
2: Yeah, uh, and that can mean so many different things. Mm-hmm,
0: yeah, and luckily for uh, miss garcia the music is good it's fantastically good i want to hit you with a little bit of it this is an album that mixes a whole different bunch of styles one of them is obviously jazz uh this is uh the single from the album together is a beautiful place to be and it is most decidedly jazz is a beautiful place to be uh it really is actually um and uh so that has a little more resonance in these times right now uh playing on that joe Ramon jones on keys daniel casimir on bass and sam jones on drums and uh i don't know about us like this it gives me a feel of almost uh like 70s fusion jazz even though yeah. there's not a lot of funk built into it per se
2: yeah not into that track i mean the, the There's a lot of funk underlying the contemporary jazz scene, you know, internationally right now. You know, funk is definitely one of the huge influences. Um, Yeah, this track and and the other parts of this album, there's there's more funk on it. This track a little bit less so, um, but... You know, it's an interesting thing to your point earlier about kind of bringing together these different sounds like that's one of the things that this type of music has always done is you hear somebody and and I mean, part of it is, is that bands just don't work in the same way of like, you don't get this group of people who is going to necessarily just play together forever, you know, and so that means you hear somebody who's just doing something interesting and you kind of say, oh, that could be cool along with this sound, you know, um, there's there's kind of this open mindedness to bringing in something different within the field of you know jazz, creative music, whatever you want to call it. Like that, there it's just a different approach.
0: Yeah, and and I think specifically in jazz, like there is, uh, and recently, um, th- and this album is definitely about this. There is a, a desire and a, a striving for uh, exposing people to the African diaspora. Yeah. Um, and that can mean a whole lot of different things. Like I said, this has uh, reggae, this has reggaeton, dub, uh, cumbia, which is, is uh, Mexican, uh, largely. Uh, uh, you know, this is blending in all these influences into a, a larger piece uh, that represents, like, her. For me, though, this, and this is something that we've talked about a little bit. I, uh, when you consider jazz more so than anything else... It is, despite it being a male dominated field, it is a largely like genderless, hmm. like idiom or genre and stuff. And I, I don't know if that, like, this like holds up to that uh, theory or if it actually just breaks the mold completely. You know, and what I mean by that is that, you know, you talk about music and you can hear it and be like, oh, that's a little more feminine or that's a little more masculine. And, and that's, that's really easy to pick out in pop music or rock music and stuff. But in jazz, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter who's playing the horn sonically. Hmm. It does because of all you nerds who are just like, "Oh, this guy played this then and stuff." But for me, listening to it, it's just sort of like, "Oh, I just like this sound." And and so, you know, that's one of the other reasons this uh, this album is kind of epic is because how good she is at
2: playing the saxophone. Mm-hmm. And and she has a style that brings something that's a little bit different. I mean, let's be honest here. Like, still now. If you play the saxophone, you are very much under the shadow of John Coltrane. You're under the shadow of Sonny Rollins. You know, this is – it's an interesting – sorry? Are you under the shadow of Kamasi? Well, yeah. I mean that's an interesting thing now because that's the case with any sort of – I mean if you play electric guitar, you are – under the shadow of, or notably not under the shadow of Jimi Hendrix, still you know, or Jimmy yeah. Page, or like you know, you can you oh, can pick, pick, pick any pick instrument,
0: it, you know, like David Gilmore, sure. or like any yeah. Of the yeah, st-
2: exactly. Yeah. You can pick your instrument, you can pick your players, but um, but it is interesting that, that with the saxophone, those figures, you know, particularly Coltrane, but but those figures in general just are, are so huge, um, that getting out from under them can be now Kamasi is the biggest name, certainly in American jazz at this point yeah. um you know or, or at least I mean, it's it's a tough one at least the biggest name outside of the jazz purists field i would say you know like there are yeah. other people um who are who have you know kept the attention of the people who have been jazz fans for decades um in a different way but but you know nothing like kamasi has really happened in decades
0: no it hasn't and, and he came along and he, he provided a brand of jazz that like got people interested and part of that was the uh, and this is actually explored really well in a uh, friend Marcus Moore's upcoming book, The Butterfly Effect, you know, is their work with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. And people were like, I, I need to know who these players are, even though they've been doing it forever. Yeah. Uh, so there was there was a lot of that and sparking a new interest in that. But, you know, Kamasi is doing definitely more of the fusion type uh, jazz. and. You know, I I kind of at first I was like, oh, wow, she's really influenced by Kamasi. And that may be true, but I think it's more like their peers. Yeah. People people arrive at things at at the same time often. Yeah. Uh, zeitgeist, you know, just sort of happened to everybody. And I think uh, it's a peer. And, and whereas he may have opened the door for an artist like her to to step on
2: in, like she's
0: completely owning
2: it on this. It's an interesting thing where. I mean, jazz exists because people of different musical backgrounds, different cultural backgrounds came together, bringing in their disparate sounds like that's the history of the music. Um, And now we have people, I mean, one of the things with with the history of this music, I mean, history of music in general, but, but of this particular type of music is that that was because people were coming from different areas generally to cities, um, you know, particular cities um, that became the hubs for this type of music that people were moving to and bringing the sounds that they played or that they grew up with. Now, growing up with the music is a different type of thing. So I think, you know, a kid growing up in Los Angeles, like Kamasi, could have been listening to the same stuff as a kid growing up in Camden, like Nebaya Garcia was like, you know, so the fact that they do have approaches that are kind of similar, does make a lot of sense because they were probably listening to a lot of the same stuff. Um, you know, parental influences and all of that. Aside, they're they, they both also kids and musicians, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or at least music-obsessed people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah A good example of that on this is how
0: she infuses uh, reggae into uh, her album and into her experience, and it would have been the experience of a young person growing up in London in the modern times. Yeah. Uh, And and reggae, you know, Toots Mantel just passed away. We – it has a weird reputation. Uh, Mm. And at least in America, we see it as uh, basically just this time to get high. Right. You know, the Bob Marley poster or uh, or whatnot. But, you know, there is around the world a recognition of this as like a highly sophisticated – Type of music. I mean, that's the police, for example, modeled mm-hmm. their entire band off a of reggae. They're like, can white guys play reggae? The answer is no. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> because it is soul music, and uh, and that's just not. Uh, it's not. We can't tap into that. Right. No, not, not we're talking about here. You but, can
2: go through the motions and play the rhythms. It's not the same.
0: Yeah, but Nabaya can, and uh, and she does so on this. Uh, Track Source. It's the title track, it features Miss Maurice, uh, Cassie Kenoshi, and Richie uh, uh here's a little bit of source. Besides having a um, being influenced by like Kamasi Washington, I think she's also and he's a huge proponent of her is is Shabaka Hutchins. Mm-hmm. And the first time I heard that, that reminded me a little bit of uh, one of our favorites. The Comet is coming just the way the, the, the interplay with that. And that comes from her being such an important part of the scene. I would be shocked if like he wasn't more influenced by her. Yeah. Just because of how natural this sounds yeah. coming out of her as opposed yeah. to like, you know, it's it's aggressive. And maybe that is where I was talking about uh the gendered sound comes. This just feels more organic, more natural, uh, and, and more like, hey, I'm here for this instead of like run for your life. I, I think besides and this just goes for life in general. We're all deeper, I guess, than the surface. I I watched this Gordon Lightfoot documentary last night. Okay, this is a little tangent. <laughs> and people think white white dudes think <laughs> I will say this. Uh people think that like if you write a song or something blah 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 you you somehow have to be totally different from your person You have to be uh, there has to be pain underneath or whatever. And so a lot of like white people say that uh, about artists and they say like, oh, well, these lyrics reveal a deeper pain and stuff. But like Gordon Lightfoot was kind of an asshole. And uh, so that doesn't like excuse him being an asshole. But we use it to excuse that in other cultures, especially the black culture, I think what it reveals is that they are not monolith. They, there is an actual culture. And I think this happens with, with us honkies because we don't really have a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with this, with this, it is, it is a deep uh, reveal of the culture. But it also gives people who don't know the culture uh, a, a, another way in to listen to this stuff because everybody's heard reggae.
2: Yeah, and, and everybody if you say can groove to it yeah
0: maybe not and everyone if can say, make
2: it well but everyone can prove to it
0: right and if you say oh there's a lot of reggae in this jazz album you're gonna you're a hundred percent more likely to give it a spin than if you're just like
2: this is just a jazz album it's one of the interesting things i mean these days without a doubt um i mean there, there is amazing more straight up jazz there's amazing straight up jazz being made right now mm-hmm. but there's also you know some of the stuff that We've talked about lately, um, you know, some of the Blue Note records and stuff like that, that not that they're by any means stuck in the history of jazz, but just a little bit more in line with it. Um, Whereas a lot of the UK scene is bringing in so many of these other elements of, I just say, I I don't know, I mean, different forms of party music, I guess I would say, because, you know, some of it is, um, you know, in the electronic field you know you have elements of um of two step in here you know you have um elements of um different caribbean rhythms and um things like that and and you know I mean kind of to your point earlier about bringing these things in um when they're pulled together by people who really grew up playing that stuff instead of somebody who just heard it, you know, you can right. get somebody who who travels and hears something amazing and brings it back. And, like, that can be fantastic. You know, it can be really problematic, but it can also be fantastic. Um, whereas... These days, you get somebody who's you know who really grew up on this stuff, um, or grew up on tons of different stuff, like Nabaya Garcia did. You know, she yeah. her her household growing up, um, I believe her, I think her mom is from Guyana and her dad is from Trinidad, if I'm remembering correctly. Right, um, right, right, And so, you know, cultural influences from each of those places, along with a lot of classical music and a lot of um, you know just popular music at the time. Um, bringing all that together along with these other players um, who are bringing each of their own histories um, and interests in. um, And it does provide an easy access point. I mean, maybe somebody listens to this because they're a huge dub fan. Maybe somebody listens to it because they, um, you know, have family heritage in one of the islands and they hear that there's, you know, something that could attract them in that way. You know, there's a lot of different ends. Or if you're just a jazz fan, you're kind of like, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Like, this is something new. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And, And it is. Uh, I mean, except it isn't. This is what people have been doing in jazz, like, for for
2: ever. Yeah, again, to your point about, about like, 70s fusion earlier, like, the interesting thing is that the last kind of bigger wave of jazz in America, at least, was in the kind of late 90s. There was a little bit of a turn towards it um, with a few movie soundtracks and, um, you know, some stuff like that. Um, It didn't have such broad influences, you know?
0: Well, I mean... 70s jazz that I I listen to (laughs) doesn't have really any influence. It's just like dudes discovered a really bad guitar tone and like let's go with that, and then somehow got would get like Herbie Hancock to play on everything, right? (laughs) Right.
2: Just like oh, Herbie's here. He (laughs) was in the studio anyway, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's 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 get going on it. And um, yeah. And look, I have fond memories of that, but it isn't it isn't necessary. It's not. It is soul enriching, but it is isn't soul enriching in the way that this is. This is a this is a history lesson. Yeah. Uh, this is a this is a powerful statement of not just a person, uh, but of a people uh, in the modern world. And um, I mean, look, it's it's not necessarily competition, but I think the rest of the London, the jazz guys have got some uh, got some work to put in now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, well, but the only thing with that is that is they're all playing together, so they're all kind of like, you know, right, all working together. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it is. It's definitely an interesting thing. the The, the idea of collectivism, um, I think, is really important with this type of music because of all these things we've been talking about. People just bringing in their different scenes and all this, you know, with kamasi the most clear thing is the title harmony of difference and we've talked yeah. about before what that means of just you know you get these people bringing in their different backgrounds different opinions things like that and they sometimes combine together to bring harmony um you know she's talking a lot about collectivism um around this album um alabaster to plume you know we talked about his album he's talking yeah. a lot about bringing people together and that's what a lot of this music is definitely um about i think you know to to a major extent you have to give credit to this organization called tomorrow's warriors um it's a uk jazz collective um kind of like educational institution um started in 1991 um same year actually that nebaya garcia was born um, coincidentally enough but um by um gary crosby and janine irons um and like you know as i said like it's an educational thing it's bringing in Kids, You know, young people and uh, particularly with focus on diversity um, and trying to kind of encourage them to really bring their own sounds, play their own sounds. Um, and really, I mean, it's one of the things like the UK scene right now has a ton of amazing women um, playing one of Nabaya's projects. Nerea um, is a, um, I believe, it's a septet um, and it's all women and, and they're fantastic. You know, so if you that's another of those like look up that group. Follow mm-hmm. them along. Look at the other stuff they're playing on. You're going to find a lot of amazing music. Um, but, you know, th- this whole scene is very influenced by going through this program um, in this very particular way. I mean, Shabaka Hutchings went through the program. Binker Golding um, went through the program. Joe Arman Jones, who's on keys on this album, went through the yeah. program. You know, tons of other people. Um, and it- are, are you suggesting that music education is valuable? Well, hey, now, let's not get all, <laughs> I mean, all crazy I mean, here. But I'm this is what it sounds like. Listen, it, it, this is some, this is some
0: socialist bullshit, man.
2: What if it was, Kevin? That's all I'm I, saying. What Imagine it, what how? if it could be.
0: How? Tell me how. Tell me how. No, that, the,
2: the,
0: the listen, result is this.
2: Listen to the record. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to the music they make. It's good. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it is really good, and it is very um, – collectivism, I think, is key, uh, not just in what they're making, but in music going forward. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of the struggles that we have in popular music, especially in American popular music, is is the um, competition, and people are worried about like streaming costs and whatever. And that's a whole. Uh, well, I mean, we've done a year's worth of shows on that, so I, I'm hesitant to get back into that ever. But uh, you know, if we're all here competing against each other to do something that enriches and n- nobody can get enriched that, that's becoming yeah. my view of it yeah um very few uh rock albums i mean we're, we're not just reviewing stuff like this more and more uh for representation reasons we're doing it because it's better yeah. uh, to be quite honest there there's no there's no analog uh, when this album came out that week that that in another idiom that we could be like yeah this is this holds up with that. It's not. And yeah. it's not and that's not I'm not saying that in a competitive way. I'm just saying uh it, this is this is sophisticated in a way that other stuff isn't, that will leave a mark
2: on the culture where
0: other stuff leaves a mark on, on capital
2: or yeah. whatnot. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, to to an extent, that kind of goes back to this conversation with Kamasi a little bit. Like, this album probably sounds more like Kamasi's work, definitely sounds more like Kamasi's work than a lot of the stuff coming out of UK. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that I mean, it's what you said earlier, that's not because she's trying to make a Kamasi album, I don't think, by any means. No, I think no. it's because they're influenced by a lot of the same stuff, um, but they're also bringing, I mean, Kamasi's never done anything with Dub. Um, you know, that's mm. a very different thing. And just... Like, yeah, there's a lot of similarities in the general sounds um, of the album. I mean, Kamasi's is a bigger sound. You got, you've got got more strings. You've got a lot of the kind of choral things that he Tell does. Um, this is a smaller group playing a similar sound. But, but there are also some very notable differences just in the playing. I mean, she gives a lot more space. Um, to her sax lines um mm-hmm. kamasi does have a tendency to kind of fill the time um you know i was reading this thing <laughs> yeah. recently um I, i'm blanking That's why his a,
0: album is three hours <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> not only is he filling the time he's filling all the time too yeah. Um but yeah i i was reading um recently um in, in a thing about coltrane and um i'm blanking on, on who said this but um th- there was a, a quote from a reviewer who was basically saying when charlie parker was like really hitting the scene it was like somebody had a electric fan that they were turning on and off and it just kind of like zoom and then kind of stop and then zoom wow. and then stop whereas uh john coltrane particularly kind of in the later years they just turned on the fan and left it on you know and that was by somebody who was not a fan of the later period coltrane admittedly yeah. but um but that is You know there are valid criticisms of of, you know most music and um, and certainly of Kamasi and and that is one of the criticisms that is fair. Like he puts a lot of notes in there, you know, and that's um, she does have a I don't know more reserved um, approach maybe. Um, She's giving more space. Um, She's maybe paying a little more attention to where the note is. Um, Yeah,
0: and it's 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 a different message. Yeah. I, I, I think I think that's what it is, and I think it, it, it's a it's a form of the collectivism that they're doing in London, and, and just recognizing that, like, so here here's what we would do in in America. Uh, I think is that we would look at Kamasi Washington and be like, you know, that's really good. I can't do that,
1: mm.
0: and no matter what, and by I can't do that, like people just think that I'm copying Kamasi Washington,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so that I'm going to do something. Uh, and even though it's not as good as that in the end, you know, it is edgy. Right. Or some, uh, they, there's gonna be some some pitch to it. And and uh and then you end up with a whole lot of like not good stuff. I think what's happening here uh is a lot of back and forth. Uh the these players obviously all know each other. Uh and and, and looking at it like, oh yeah, you know, that actually fits into my project the way I play. Uh this is and, and I don't have to do something that is necessarily mind-blowing the first of its kind. What I have to do is tell my story, make it so that people want to hear my story and utilize the tools the best I can uh, that I have to to accomplish that.
2: So while you were watching the Gordon Lightfoot documentary last night, I was watching the um 26-minute Micaiah McRaven um Universal Beings documentary um which is on YouTube. Yeah, it's really really good. It's um uh you know interesting in a lot of different ways and it's talking about a lot of these same things i mean he's another person who grew up with multicultural uh, parents um you know both of his parents are musicians and um bringing very different um approaches and it's really interesting to hear, to hear him talk about his intentions um you know for those who might not be familiar with um, universal beings by Micaiah McRaven, he traveled to chicago los angeles new york and london um working with some of the top players um there. And, um, Nibaya was one of them. And, um, you know, a bunch of the other people that we've mentioned, um, on this show and on similar ones are, are there. And he talks a lot about just kind of like, what is his purpose there? And the purpose is not that he has this clear sound in his head and that only that, you know, trumpet player over in London is the only one who's going to be able to deliver the sound that's in his head. It's pretty much completely the opposite. Like he has all these sounds in his head and he, doesn't necessarily start out with a plan of this is what I want this album to sound like. He wants to bring people who are interesting into the room, um, and let each of them come in with their own sound and see what happens. You know, it's it's an exploratory process.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh and and if you haven't heard that album, I would I would I can't recommend that album enough. <laughs> it's just it is such such a good, such a, a chill uh, masterpiece that she's on, uh, and look, this is this is kind of a masterpiece, I think.
2: Yeah, I think that this is one that's going to be talked about in a while. You know, it's um... yeah. So you feel you feel good about London Jazz taking over this podcast? I, I feel just fine about that. It's, yeah. I mean, the only thing is, is I kind of feel like there hasn't been there was this huge amount of releases for a while coming out of that scene, and it's been a little quieter um, lately. And so, uh, so just like come on, like hook us up with some more sounds, everybody. Hey, man, it's a pandemic, man. Come on, man. I know. I know. Jeez,
0: Now they're doing way better <laughs> than we are. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. I think they're hanging out, like, hugging each other and everything. Yeah. Neither here nor there. Uh, look, uh, this is, uh, I, I do think this is kind of a masterpiece. Uh, so go out and get it. And buy Garcia's source is available everywhere now. We're going to take a quick break, come back, and uh, talk about a little more jazz. But uh, I'll tell you about that now. Garcia's source, right there for you. What a remarkable album! What a remarkable musician. Uh, that's gonna, it's gonna be sticking around for quite a long time. I have the wax on the way to my house right now. So as we ease into fall, we're gonna have some nice little vibes here. Uh, with that one, before we get out of here this week, though, I wanted to talk to you about some truly righteous jazz and funk coming to you from trumpeter Billy Brooks. He was a in-demand session musician back in the 70s, but his biggest gig was with Ray Charles. You all know Ray Charles. Uh, Charles signed to his label Crossover Records, and with the help of bassist Larry Gale, saxophonist Herman Riley, drummer Clarence Johnston, and guitarist Jeff Lee and Callan Keyes. This is an all-star band anyone's account, uh, he recorded the album Windows of the Mind, which is co-produced by Charles himself. Now, back in 1974, it was not quite the hit that everyone had hoped for. But in 1990, the track 40 Days off the album was sampled by a tribe called Quest for their track, The Luck of Lucian. And suddenly this little known album became a hit that it was always meant to be. Now, just last week, this album was reissued by the label We Want Sounds, and because we think it is well worth your time, we figured we'd hit it in Stone Cold Classic. So here you go, this is 40 days off of Billy Brooks's Windows of the Mind. Forty days off of Billy Brooks's "Windows of the Mind." Um, I think you, you catch the vibe on that one. That, that the entire album is like that. It's a little something for everyone. There's a little more big band. There's some jazz stuff. There's some funk stuff. Kind of reminds me of of the uh, Mr. Bojangles album from Sonny Stitt. Uh, a lot of good good vibes, man. That's what we need now is good vibes. Uh, so that is it for this episode. We uh, hope you enjoyed yourself and, our, and your time here with us. If you did, uh, you can follow us on all the socials at at Chunky glasses if you don't do that already. Uh, you can go out and support your local community as far as arts and musicians go. So if you have like a venue you want to support, give them some money. Uh, buy you know, You'd probably be at a show, buy a ticket like you're going to be a show, just they all have GoFundmes up. They all have other ways to support them. Um, musicians are doing live streams. You uh, pay for that, even if you don't like it. Uh, more importantly than that, though, uh, for the time being, I want you to go out and register to vote uh, if you have not already, and then I and then I need you uh, to vote so that we can truly get out of this mess that we are in. I'll put a link in the show notes where you can go and find everything about voting wherever your state is and uh, it'll help you say get an absentee ballot they'll help you track that absentee ballot they'll uh, help you if you want to be a poll worker you can go and do that as well uh, just all the information you're going to need if you haven't jumped on this yet uh, it is absolutely essential that we have you uh, voting uh, to kind of save the world <laughs> at this point shit's getting dark uh, and um uh, and good music is not going to be enough to save it. So so there you go. Look for that in the show notes. Uh, coming up in the next few weeks, next week, we're going to be talking about Sylvanesso's new album, Free Love. It's fantastic. That's a spoiler. But there's a lot more to say about it. A lot, a lot more to say about it. And then we get into the last 10 episodes before uh, episode 500, which we're going to do, I think, some fun stuff. We have in looking at all the things we've talked about over the years, there's a lot of albums that we just miss talking about, classic albums so we're going to be digging into that some new music in here and there we've got uh, Garcia Peoples uh, got a few things that are in my ear right now that you don't know about but, uh, but yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a fun fun little few months here so hope you're doing okay out there we'll be back in a few short days until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people talk to you soon
1: Oh,